Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show here on today's News Talk. Thank you for tuning in to hang out with me today. Appreciate you as always. Remember when I said on Monday that the weather was great here in Ohio? I lied. I'm a liar. Last night was insane. We got hit with some, well, all day yesterday there were storms off and on, but then last night, uh, or I guess early this morning, we got crushed with some insane storms. It was like strobe light. Um, type lightning, um, hail, tornado warnings, you name it. Um, So I'm tired. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Uh, The weather in Ohio is again insane. It is insane. It'll change. Uh, It's supposed to be cold today and then it's supposed to warm up again. So I'm probably going to end up getting sick. It's ridiculous here in Ohio. I really dislike it immensely, the weather here in Ohio. I don't know if you can tell. Um, I complain about about it frequently. So, okay, uh, a couple quick things before we dive into today's show. First of all, uh, my pal Halo Benson is our guest today. Um, uh, you know her, you love her. She's been on several times. Um, she's a, a Assange activist in Tulsa. Uh, we're going to talk about the case, obviously, and then also some of the stuff that she's been working on. Um, so we'll be bringing her in momentarily. Hello, good news. I have good news for you. Mitch McConnell is stepping down as Senate GOP leader. A GOP leader in November. That's very exciting news. My guy is um, definitely on the decline. There's been numerous times where he has pulled a Joe Biden and kind of short circuited um, uh, on camera, which has been interesting to watch. Um, all of our, uh, not all, but a vast majority of our leaders are incredibly old and probably shouldn't be in any position of power. Mitch McConnell's one of them. Um, so I don't know if he will be running for re-election or not. I don't know if he's even up for re-election. Um, uh, I think so, but uh, I don't know if he'll be running for re-election, but he is at, at the very least, he is announced that he will be stepping down as Senate leader. So there's that for you. Um, But also, I wanted to talk to you about the Michigan primary. Why, you might ask? Because Misty doesn't care about electoral politics. Here's why. Um, So there was this campaign uh, in recent days, uh, the uncommitted campaign in Michigan, um, which was basically a bunch of people who were upset about uh, uh, the genocide happening in Gaza, rightfully so. Um, and they were trying to send a message to Genocide Joe that they uh, weren't going to be uh, standing for that. Um, so a lot of people in Michigan, you can apparently vote uncommitted in the primaries. Um, so and a lot of people did that. And here's why I think that this is important, because, listen, I don't think voting matters. <laughs> I don't even think voting uncommitted really matters. Right. Um, they don't care how you vote. They do not care how you vote. They don't care. Uh, They'll do what they're going to do. And they own both parties. They own both candidates. They control both candidates. So they really do not care. Uh, The House always wins in electoral politics. They are always going to get what they want. The agenda remains the same. However, why I do think that this is significant and important, I think that this signifies um, a real shift in, and maybe I'm being overly optimistic here, but I think that this really does signify a real shift in the way people are viewing electoral politics and that they are viewing the two-party system. Um, Prior to this, I think a lot of people, uh, it was very easy to fear monger. It was very easy to scare people. Now, to be fair, this is just a primary, so there's not a whole lot at stake here. It's not like Joe Biden is really at any risk whatsoever of not winning the primary that they're not actually running, right? I mean, they're kind of running a primary, but not really. So um, there's no question about it. If Biden is, in fact, going to be the eventual nominee, which I'm not convinced of, um, it, it doesn't matter. They will get whoever they want to be the nominee, regardless of the primary votes. That's just the way that this works. Um, but I do think that uh, it is interesting to see, because, um, listen, over a 
101,000 people voted uncommitted in this primary, which is insane. So here's the numbers for you in the Democratic Party. Uh, and this is with 99% reporting as of 5.07 p.m., which is uh, right now, essentially. Um, so Joe Biden got 623,415 votes, which uh, ended up being about 81.1% of the votes so far. He gained 115 delegates. Uncommitted. <laughs> 101,436 votes, which is 13.2% of the vote tally. Y'all, that gained two delegates. Uncommitted got two delegates in the uh, Michigan primary, which is very interesting to me. Uh, so I hope that what this does, and I feel like it's um, incumbent upon those of us who recognize that uh, electoral politics is a waste of time to try to build on this energy and to try to get people to see that there are other ways that we could um, go about trying to uh, create the kind of country that we want and it doesn't have to be um through electoral politics and for example nina turner not a fan um uh, tweeted out earlier today good morning to the 101,000 michigan voters who went to the polls yesterday and voted uncommitted if the president wants to be re-elected in november he must listen to michigan and to every voter who was upset that our government is funding a slaughter and genocide nina he doesn't care he doesn't care what you think. He does not care. They do not care. Um, and so I retweeted that and said, good afternoon to all the people who realize that Biden doesn't give a single solitary F um, how you vote and you're never going to, quote unquote, push him left. Uh, he also doesn't care if he's reelected. Trump, Biden, doesn't matter. The House always wins. Electoral politics ain't it. So I'm hoping that that we can um, build on this. I do think that it's um, it's shaky footing, uh, the optimism that I have here because it is just a primary. And I think come November, for example, Michael Moore, who's from Michigan, um, was one of the ones leading the charge on this uncommitted thing. And even he was like, just do it in the primary. Don't vote uncommitted in the general election. Just do it in the primary. We got to send a message. This doesn't send a message, Michael. Um, so I think that almost certainly a lot of these 101,000 people will vote for Biden, um, uh, out of fear in November or whoever the Dem the Democratic Party nominee is. Um, but I think that uh, this opens up an opportunity for us to have that conversation and uh, impress upon people that uh, electoral politics is a giant waste of time. They do not care. You're not going to get any substantive change. In my opinion, come for me or don't, uh, electoral, it, the system is rigged. The entire system is rigged. Uh, it doesn't work for us. So, um, but I thought that was interesting. So, okay. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. Uh, write up for the guests of the day every day with links. So that you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like, you can shoot me an email, Misty Winston at TNTradio.live. Uh, guest idea, show idea, whatever. Hit me up and I will try to get back to you. And why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. And you can help us get the word out as we cover the biggest, biggest topics of our time right here on today's news talk, TNT. Your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Oh, Canada. Uh, the Online Harms Act, Canada's controversial and extremely... <laughs> extremely Orwellian draft legislation to combat online hate speech, whatever that is, uh, is being promoted as not undermining freedom of speech. But opponents to the bill say nothing could be further from the truth. I would agree with those opponents. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. So my friend, this thing is insane, right? This online, what is it called? Online Freedom, or no, Online Harms Act. So silly. Ridiculousness. What, what's this about? 
It's great. I'm excited. The uh, the new attack on free speech has dropped. It's a hit. Uh, not so much, actually. Um, yeah, this is freaky, freaky, freaky stuff. There are lots of people uh, sounding the alarm about that. Let's add ourselves into that mix right there, Misty, today. Um, I'm going to report about the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, the CCLA, who says it has several free speech and privacy concerns with the recently introduced Online Harms Act, and that it is urging, quote-unquote, substantial amendment amendments to the bill. Uh, the executive director and general counsel for CCLA, one Noah Mendelssohn-Aviv, said in a February 28th release, quote, while the CCLA endorses the declared purposes of upholding public safety, protecting children, and supporting marginalized communities, our initial assessment reveals that the bill includes overbroad violations of expressive freedom, privacy, protest rights, and liberty, end quote. So in other words, the elites absolutely love this. Uh, this is Bill C-63. It was introduced by the liberal, gov liberal government on February 26th. I believe that was Monday. Uh, it seeks to reduce Canadians' exposure to, quote-unquote, harmful content, and it establishes special protections for children, and it makes online services like social media companies quote, accountable for and transparent about how they are reducing exposure to harmful content, end quote. Sounds familiar to a lot of things we've heard in the past. The bill would create a new digital safety commission, which will enforce rules holding companies accountable for content posted on their websites and order the removal of content that sexually victimizes a child, re-victimizes a survivor, or shows intimate content without consent. So far, not so bad, right? Well, let's go further. The legislation also seeks to add a definition of hatred to Section 319 of the Criminal Code. Mm -hmm. This refers to the public incitement of hatred and the willful promotion of hatred and anti-Semitism. They're going to make it a law. Bill C-63 also aims to add a new standalone hate crime offense to the criminal code, which would apply to existing offenses. Penalties sought for this new crime would be up to life imprisonment to, quote, deter this hateful conduct as a crime in itself rather than as an aggregating, aggravating factor, end quote, to be considered during sentencing. The legislation will apply to three categories of online content, social media services, live streaming websites, and user-generated adult content services. Private communications like email and direct messaging would be excluded from the legislation, but public groups where a quote-unquote unlimited number of people can join would be included. Uh, Justice Minister Arif Varana said during a press conference on Monday that the legislation, quote, targets the worst, end quote, of what Canadians see online and argued the bill would enhance free expression by, quote, empowering all people to safely participate in online debate, end quote. Well, uh, Mr. Mendelssohn Aviv uh, disagrees, uh, the one from the CCLA. They believe the bill needs to be examined in, quote unquote, greater detail. 
uh, as the organization's preliminary reading of it raised several concerns. He said the Digital Safety Commission, which would be made up of government appointees, would be given the authority to, quote, interpret the law, make up new rules, enforce them, and then serve as judge, jury, and executioner, end quote. He also pointed out that the legislation included sweeping new search powers of electronic data without the requirement of a warrant. He said this poses a threat to privacy rights, no kidding, and could result in, quote unquote, unacceptable intrusions into Canadians' digital lives. Uh, also, the free speech concerns uh, with Bill C-63's draconian penalties for broad and unclearly defined offenses like, quote, incitement to genocide, end quote, and, quote, offense motivated by hatred, end quote. I think you get the idea of what this could do. It's probably going to chill free speech and undermine the principles of proportionality and fairness, in this case, Misty, in Canada's justice system. But coming soon to a country near you, dear listener slash viewer, what do you think? This is insane, Adam. This is... Canada, my my dear Canadian friends, my very polite Canadian friends, uh, fight like hell against this thing, please. This is, listen, um, anti-Semitism, first red flag. I mean, giant, massive red flag because um, they're going to claim again, as Elon Musk tried to do, that the, 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 the phrase from the river to the sea is inciting of genocide, which is garbage. That's not what that means. Um, or, you know, even crit just criticizing Israel. If you dare to criticize Israel, somehow you hate all Jewish people. That's what they're going to do with this thing. Um, this is not surprising we've seen this kind of we've seen this stuff happening in the states already um to varying degrees of success i think florida had some stuff where they did i know that there was um a situation in texas where a speech and language pathologist in a school system lost her job because she refused to um, pledge allegiance to the state of israel which is insane um but that's what we're going to start seeing this used for and here's what this is what drives me and i realize that i'm um a free speech absol uh, absolutist and so and a lot of people don't agree with me on that but since when are we not allowed to hate something. You're allowed to hate things. You're allowed to express that hatred. Um, now, you shouldn't be um, uh, calling for uh, violence against people or planning or plotting violence against people, things like that. But you're allowed. To, I, I hate the state of Israel. I'll say it out loud. And, and if I were to say that out loud in Canada, life imprisonment. That's what they want to do. Life imprisonment if you uh, break these rules. Uh, that is in absolutely insane. And I think that it's, as always, when they do stuff like this, this guy, um, the justice minister, Ar Arif Varani, uh, saying that it targets the worst of what Canadians see, on see online and argued that the bill would enhance free expression. No, it wouldn't. Shut up. No, it would not. That is absurd on every level. Now, listen, the protections for children, um, I think that's great. I think that kids are are unbelievably vulnerable online. Obviously, I think that the the brunt of that should fall on parents. Like you should be monitoring what your kids are uh, exposed to online, the interactions that they're having online. I am uh, insanely vigilant about that. And we have conversations in my house all the time about online safety. My kids are sick and tired of having that conversations, but we're going to, we're going to keep having that conversation, but um, uh, there should absolutely be protections for kids online. There's no question about it, but then they start dipping into the free speech stuff and the anti-Semitism. And uh, basically anti-Semitism has been so co-opted and bastardized at this point. It has lost all meaning. It doesn't mean anti-Semitism anymore. It just means uh, a, a criticism of Israel and that is not okay. Um, so yes, if you are in Canada, please, for the love of everything good in this world, fight against this. It is terrible. It is awful. Uh, and hopefully the CCLA will be uh, successful in getting some of these amendments, but we shall see. What do you think about it, Adam? 
Oh yeah, no, this is this is easily one of the most in-your-face, dangerous precedents about to be set that I've ever seen in my current lifetime. Uh, and it goes again. Congratulations, Canada! You win twice because the first one I saw was the way they handled the trucker protest. My jaw. Yep. I couldn't get it off the floor for the longest time. I really couldn't. Still shocked over that one. So, yeah, I'm yeah. not surprised here that it's them leading the charge yet again. And I'm very frightened what, what it means for the rest of the world if they manage to pass this law. Yeah, it's terrifying. And again, this is not just happening in Canada. We've seen the same thing happening in the UK. I think Australia had a similar situation. As I mentioned earlier, we've had um, so-called anti-Semitism bills of varying degrees um, in different states across the country. So this is not new. The attacks on free speech, I know I sound like a broken record, are going to continue to get worse. Um, so it's going to take all of us to stand up and fight back against this stuff. This is garbage. Absolute trash. Uh, thanks for bringing us a story. Uh, I appreciate you, Adam. Uh, please, Canada, fight against it. Hang tight. Halo Benson right after this on today's News Talk. TNT's Jason Olborn. Donald Trump today defeated Nikki Haley in South Carolina, some 61 to 39 percent in that primary event there, which almost secures him the obviousness that he's going to be the Republican candidate. And Nikki Haley, as many might know, was the governor of South Carolina and she couldn't hold that state. And yet she persists in hanging in there, almost white-handing the system and just being one of those hands that looks like she's representing the globalist interests rather than the interests of the people who are supporting the Republicans, which is anything but pro-establishment. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. Turn it up. Yeah. TNT. All right. As promised, our guest today is Halo Benson. Uh, she's been on before. I'm sure everybody's familiar with her. She has been a ground activist in the Assange movement. Unfortunately, for many years, uh, I just uh, found a, or I'm sorry, a Facebook post that I did seven years ago about Assange, and here we are still doing the thing. So she regularly organizes ground actions in Tulsa. So if you're in the Tulsa area, reach out to her so that you can get involved. She's also done events, uh, for example, things like tabling at the Roger Waters concert, um, also helping to organize a local viewing of the film Ithaca, uh, which is a documentary film featuring uh, John Shipton and Stella Assange. Um, and of course, she is the brains behind the activism in a box um, effort that she has been doing for a while now where she sends out these amazing boxes that are filled with, um, it depends, like there's a, a different things in each one, but currently she's doing uh, very personalized uh, letters and postcards and things like that to your elected representatives regarding House Resolution 934. So we're going to talk about that, except no substitutes. These activism in a box things um, are great. Halo's been doing a great job on those. So uh, Halo, thanks for being here, my friend. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Um, I'm okay. I mean, that's all, that's a weird question, right? 
<laughs> it, it, anymore it is. It's a loaded yeah. question, right? Yeah. Um, but thanks for having me on, especially to talk about these boxes. Um, everything right now, this, like how you said that the boxes are different every time. Um, and, and they are, they're targeted towards whatever um, offline campaigns we're doing. And this box is surrounding House Resolution 934, um, which is sort of a redundant thing. I'm grateful that it's that it's something being um, proposed, but it's we have a First Amendment that's fine how it is. Um, but basically what we're what this box contains is um, letters to your representative asking them to, you know, the representative to sign on to 934. But it's also includes letters to all the signatories of 934 asking them specifically to please speak with my representative about this situation. Um, there are also letters in it to the U.S. Judiciary Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government asking them to open an investigation into the case against Julian Assange, because I don't think anything um, speaks to that as my, that's what they have done. They have weaponized our government and the UK's government against Julian Assange. And yeah. so, and I just want to say to everybody out there who um, is, you know, doesn't want to have to wait for a box because it does depend on funding. Um, go ahead and, and write your representative just a quick letter or a phone call to say, please sign this resolution. And you can also write the, these select subcommittee members, you know, you can do that on your own. And then we also offer like just some suggestions to try to, you know, for other campaigns we're trying to do like to get Julian's work and works about Julian into the libraries, um, whether it's like Nils Melser's book or Stefani Marizzi's or Kevin Gastola's and Julian's books as well, because I don't know anybody who their local library carries any of those books. So yeah. you have to kind of go get a library card and get online and just ask for the books. And after a while, they'll have to meet the public demand. And there's also a little known streaming service offered by our public libraries called Canopy with a K. And it's not available in all areas, but in most areas in the US and it's a free streaming service and ask them to um, carry Ithaca so that they can be streaming Ithaca or the war on journalism or just different related things like that. It's a kind of an old time activism thing to do to hit up the libraries, but there are so many people that are not online. That's not how they get their news. That's not, you know what I mean? That they, they need to be able to have access to these materials. So, um, and, and you don't have to get a box to do that. You can just start making phone calls or requesting online from your local library. Yeah, I, for sure. And, and I, think, I think actually you, we should we should start targeting. I'm sorry to interrupt you. We should start targeting um, university libraries a lot, too, because I think a lot yeah. of uh, the younger generation are they get it like they understand, um, at least in my experience and in, in talking yeah. to people who are of that age. I think that they when uh, most of them are unaware of what's happening because it isn't talked about, it's not covered. So and it's obviously uh, WikiLeaks was uh, publishing this stuff well before that they were even aware or conscious of what's going on in the world. Right. Some of them before they were 
even born. So, um, uh, yeah, I think that it's, uh, I think that that would be a great thing that we could do is, uh, you know, get to the university libraries and see if we can get them to carry copies, especially if, listen, cypherpunks should be required reading. I mean, it is such a fantastic book. It's a, it's a book by Julian Assange. Um, uh, and I think everybody should read it. It is so good, but yeah. And, uh, as Halo just said, you don't have to wait for one of these boxes. I will say that if you would like to contribute to making these boxes, it is, um, a fairly expensive endeavor for Halo to do. She's got to pay for printing all of this stuff and shipping and all of that good stuff. So um, she does have the GoFundMe up. It's her pinned tweet on Twitter. Uh, and again, that's at Halo Benson. So if you go to her Twitter page, uh, the GoFundMe is right there and you can donate to that so that she can get these boxes out um, quickly. I mean, obviously we would like to get them in the hands as, as, as many people as possible, especially with House Resolution 934. We need to kind of pounce on that while it's hot. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that that's, um, you know, if you can't, if you don't want to wait for a box, um, it, making phone calls super easy, uh, sending emails. And again, as Halo said, this is all kind of like basic old school kind of activism stuff, but it's... It, it, these are such easy things to do that anybody can do them. It doesn't require you to, you know, go out to a protest. It doesn't require you to really put anything on the line. It's just making some phone calls, sending some emails, tweeting about it, whatever it happens to be. Um, I think that that is uh, just a really quick and easy way that people can uh, start to make noise about this. So, and uh, just for anybody who's um, unclear, and this is, I mean, it's not like it's a long bill. House Resolution 934 is as follows. Um, and it was introduced on December 13th of 2023. It it now has, do, 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 do. Uh, I don't see signatories. I'll see if I can find it during break. But it says, um, uh, this is this is the entire bill. This resolution expresses the sense of the House of Representatives that regular journalistic activities, including the obtainment and publication of information, are protected under the First Amendment and that the federal government should drop all charges against and attempts to extradite Julian Assange. So that's the whole thing. Um, again, as Halo said, I'm not sure why this is necessary because we already have the First Amendment. This case is already a gross violation of that First Amendment, um, but I'll take it because we now have elected members of Congress who are openly and actively engaged in uh, the conversation about Julian Assange, which is something I wasn't sure we would ever see. It took um, a very long time to get those people um, uh, comfortable enough to do that. Oh, and I, here's co-sponsors. I, I found it. I'm sorry. Um, it looks like there are, so uh, Representative McGovern, who uh, has been great on this, Representative Massey, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, uh, Anna Paulina Luna, uh, Eric Burleson, Jeff Duncan, Ilhan Omar, and Clay Higgins. And I thought Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was on here too, but maybe I was wrong about that. Um, they were the, there's a, there was a Tlaib letter Rashida Tlaib wrote a letter asking yeah. Matt Garland to drop the charges and um, a bunch of the progressives like AOC signed that letter and they have yet to actually sign on to resolution 934. So if, if you're in, um, if your representative is Rashida Tlaib or um, AOC or Ayanna Presley, any of the people that signed um, that letter, push them to sign this resolution because yeah. this is not a partisan issue. It's just not. It is part of this big overreaching war on information. And I think yeah. that that's kind of goes to what you were talking be about before with the new, you know, censorship that they're proposing in Canada. Um, because we are having so many wars with wars how we think of them with with planes and bombs and sanctions that's the way we do war i think that people are failing to recognize this 
war on journalism or war on information. It's not even just a war on journalism anymore. It's a war on us being able to share information with each other. Yes. You know, and so can I just it, tell you that um, one of my favorite people that uh, if you are not familiar with Marshall McLuhan, you should be He's kind of the godfather of media studies. And he once said, World War Three is a guerrilla information war with no division between military and civilian population. He is absolutely correct. And we have been engaged in World War Three for a very long time on that front. So listen, we got to take a quick break and get headlines. Hang tight. We're going to be back here on TNT. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Here is the news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Former President Donald Trump has initiated an appeal against the New York Civil Court's decision that found him and his organization guilty of exaggerating his net worth in financial statements. The topic of deploying NATO troops directly into Ukraine has publicly emerged, leading to a stern warning from Russia about the inevitability of a direct military conflict between NATO and Russia if such an action were taken. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right. We're here with my pal, Halo Benson, who's an amazing activist in Tulsa. Um, if you are in the area and you're interested in getting involved in the Assange movement, uh, she's your girl for sure. Um, so, and again, uh, at Halo Benson, uh, pen tweet is a GoFundMe if you would like to support the activism in a box effort that she's been doing. Um, it's really uh, a fantastic thing. You get um, a whole bunch of stuff that just makes it really easy for you to get involved. They're already pre-addressed and all of that stuff. So um, uh, if you're somebody who's a little timid about if maybe you've never done activism before this is a really easy entry point for you uh to get you started so uh definitely take advantage of that so um okay we talked about house resolution 934 i also wanted to talk to you this is really the first time i've talked to you since the hearings last week um uh what 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 was your general um uh perception of the hearings of the crowd outside of the court of the sister events that were taking place across the globe just what was your your broad take on uh, everything that we saw last week well, you know, I'm an optimist. Um, you are, and I'm not. a diehard <laughs> optimist. Um, so, I mean, seeing everybody, I, you know, uh, Julian was trending crazy on Twitter, higher than I've ever seen the couple days before yes. um, court. And then it just kind of dipped then. And I think it's because literally everybody was out making real noise. And you know what I mean? Like all over the world, cities out, even if there were just a few people, um, you know, getting getting other people involved or raising awareness and i i think that i mean it went much like i expected actually i didn't i didn't expect julian not to attend that was concerning um that hearing that he's not well um how can someone be well under those conditions but that that part was a bit of a struggle but it um it kind of went how I figured, you know, that they would find a reason to, you know, keep kicking it down, kicking the can down the road and that it'll be more punishment by process. You know, like there's been a lot of discussions with, you know, everybody that I know anyway in, in the movement of, well, you know, they have the the lawyers have till March 4th to submit different documents that were either, you know, requested by the by the judges or whatever. And then, you know, there's the possibility that on March 4th, they could say, okay, no appeal, and then just put them on a plane. But there's also the more likely um, thing to happen, I would think, is for them to just be silent for another month or so and then say, 
oh, yeah, we'll hear his appeal and then kick that court date down the road for a few months. Like, I, I genuinely think it all depends. I don't think the UK knows what they're doing. I think they're waiting to see what the Americans decide they're going to do or how they could possibly leverage this possibly in the, you know, the course of this election in the U.S. I, I genuinely don't think any of us, you know, it's all just guesswork at this point of what's going to happen now because we haven't ever seen anything like this before, you know, yeah. by if they followed the laws, he, he wouldn't have been kidnapped from the embassy in the first place. Well, he so. would have never been in the embassy in the first yeah. place. Here's what I think, Halo. I think that the United States definitely does not want to extradite Julian Assange to the United States of America in the middle of an election year. I don't think they want that at all. So yeah. I think almost certainly what's going to happen is they will, uh, as you mentioned, they have until March 4th, the judges have requested some uh, further information. Um, so they have until March 4th to submit that documentation. Um, and then I think that they will drag that decision out for as long as they possibly can. The last one yeah. took eight months. Um, so maybe they'll drag it out through the election. We don't know. But uh, I think once the decision comes, if the decision comes prior Prior to the election, I think it will almost be certainly that they will uh, accept the request for appeal uh, and then they will try to drag that out for as long as possible. As you said, the process is the punishment. They want to drag it out for as long as possible. They want to they're trying to break him mentally, physically and also um, uh, use him as an example. They want to make sure that everybody, every journalist and every whistleblower on planet Earth sees what's happening to him because that then creates the chilling effect uh, that, you know, make sure that nobody will ever do this again. But I think I honestly think that they don't want to bring him here in the middle of an election year. If they do, they're stupid because that's a really bad look. That opens up several cans of worms for them. Not only does it open up the conversation about uh, for Donald Trump, why did you arrest him? Why did you plot to assassinate him? Why did you, you know what I mean? Like all of that stuff. Why did you spy on him? Um, also, it opens up the conversation for Joe Biden and the Democrats. Why are you continuing this persecution of a journalist? Why are you destroying the First Amendment? But also, I think it, um, it makes it more difficult for our mainstream media to ignore this case, which they've been doing a great job of over the past decade plus. Um, and also, I think it, uh, it has the potential to open up the conversation for people to start actually discussing what was contained in the leaks, which very often gets left out. Um, this has been a conversation about Assange um, and, you know, uh, the, the case against him rather than the war crimes that he exposed. You know what I mean? And I don't think that they want that. But I don't know. I'm just some chicken Ohio. What do I, I know? Well, there is this scenario coming from my optimism, but like, no, but the, the Democrats, it, the Democrats don't have a lot going for them with Biden. I mean, he's <laughs> not well, and that's just as nice as I can say that. Um, yeah. And it wouldn't hurt for them to, you know, I, and I know this sounds terrible because I feel like far too many politicians like Albanese have leveraged Julian to get elected, but you know, Trump is the one that brought the charges. Biden could gain a lot of credibility by making a big fuss and dropping the charges that that would, you know, fall in line with his see we're about free speech kind of thing. And it could, I don't know, get him some some leverage for his, you know, campaign. I don't know. I'm always hopeful, you know, looking at where we could maybe I don't know how things could go well. But speaking of hopeful, um, I just found out yesterday that in May, Sweden is going to be voting on having, you know, the, the whole NATO thing. The I think they have like 17 bases in Sweden, um, U.S. military bases. And some of the um, our fellow Assangists are working towards 
fighting that and and kind of presenting the case to the public to kind of get them removed from that situation. So if you are in Sweden, you might want to check into that and see what you can do. Um, I know it's kind of off topic, topic, but it does come up because Sweden was part of the punishment by process where our government strong armed their government initially into persecuting Julian. So yeah. it, our, our, our reach is so far. It's, you know, we're insidious. We're kind of everywhere. So anything you can do to fight that anywhere is a is a plus and can't hurt for sure and i think that there was some uh trepidation uh when the situation in gaza kicked off i think a lot of assange supporters recognized the connection between the two issues but were almost afraid to publicly um bring those two things together and i don't know why Uh, those things definitely go together there's no question about it i think that uh what wikileaks does um is meant to prevent things like a genocide in gaza and it is meant to expose things like the genocide in gaza and in fact wikileaks leaks has exposed both the United States and Israel in the past. So I think that um, there, as I've said many, 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 many times, as you have said, as many people have said, um, uh, the situation with Assange and just really the attacks on press freedom and free speech, that literally impacts all things, everything. I know that sounds like really dramatic, but it impacts everything. If you cannot speak, if you can't educate yourself and others, if you can't um, uh, hold power to account, you can't fight for anything that you care about. So it really is uh, connected to all of those things. And I think it's really important to connect those dots for people. So listen, we got to take another quick break. Hang tight. We'll be back here on TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. This past Saturday, before the South Carolina primary results were in, Donald Trump was at CPAC and he addressed the consequences of Joe Biden letting the illegal invasion into this country. It's migrant crime. It's a new category of crime. And I wanted to call it Biden migrant crime, but it's too long. So we just call it migrant crime. We have a new category, migrant crime, and it's going to be more severe than violent crime and crime as we knew it, because we have millions and millions of people, and they came from prisons and jails. They came from mental institutions and insane asylums. No, they're not the same thing. An insane asylum is a mental institution on steroids, okay? It's uh, Silence of the Lambs, okay? You know that. Hannibal Lecter! And here was his finishing touch. They're all being deposited into our country, and then you have terrorists, and then you have drugs, and then you have human traffickers, and they're coming over at levels never seen before. We've never seen anything like this. Vintage Donald Trump, telling it like it is, the reason he walloped Nikki Haley on Saturday in South Carolina. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. My character, Shazam, knows all about growing up in a family full of teenage superheroes. They're bold. Where's everyone going? To fight crime. Okay. Adventurous. Shazam! There's never a dull moment. And no matter what happens, they'll always have your back. All they need is a place to grow and be themselves. And the best part is, you don't have to be a superhero to adopt a teen. Learn more about adopting a teen from foster care. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
All right, we're here with my pal, Halo Benson. We're talking about Julian Assange because that's what we do. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you because uh, this made me giggle. And I we I talked I was on due dissidence, um, the, I think, Wednesday after the hearings. Um, and we talked about this because it's ridiculous. So CNN, I mean, okay, let's give them a tiny bit of credit. They did actually, in fact, cover the hearings, which I wasn't sure that anybody in mainstream media would, uh, other than Landon from Fox News, because he always does. Um, but they like to ignore this case as much as humanly possible. However, in CNN's coverage, I don't know if you saw this, so ridiculous, mm -hmm. Halo. They did this whole, like, breaking news. This like story, they, they, they got just, the scoop. Yeah. Yes, they just put <laughs> incredible evidence in the last hour that there was an assassination plot against Julian Assange. Uh, it, we, it, three years. The story's been out for three years, and CNN is just absolutely, um, I just cannot believe that there is uh, a, a, a potential evidence, because they wouldn't even say, they were like, oh, these needs, these claims need to be verified. They've been verified. The story's been out for three years, y'all. Uh, but I, in my opinion, I think the reason why they had to present it that way is because if they said this story was actually out three years ago, they would then have to explain, well, here's why we didn't tell you about it then, because they did not, right? <laughs> Yeah, they're just trying to save face. It was yeah. so ridiculous. And I <laughs> yes. and I had that same thing, like, super glad they're talking about it. Yeah. But way to close the barn door after the cow's gone, you know, like that was just <laughs> I, I don't I but it, if they're trying to these people are very, very good at um at maintaining their status where they are. And yeah. if they're thinking, oh well. We can cover this now, even if they are pretending it's new. And, you know, and I don't believe any of them think I, I, I'm fairly certain they've been they've known all this information all along. They are intelligent people. They're, you know, so maybe there's something in it. Maybe the needle is moving, obviously. So I'll for sure I'll take my wins where I can get them, I guess. Yeah. But I. I did want to add one thing about with the boxes, with the letters, with this 934 campaign right now. Yeah. Um, because so many people have th these boxes require a lot of postage, like everything's stamped and everything already. And so they're not just like where if I don't know you, I can't send you a box with $60 worth of stamps. I don't have the funds for that. So right. some people have reached out and are like, can I get a box? And I'm like, your your wait time would be a few weeks out because of funding. So why don't I, you send me an email and I'll send you the template letters for the seven different letters. There's actually 32 letters in each box plus postcards, but they're seven different templates. So if you would like to do this and you can cover your own postage and, and address your own envelopes, go ahead and email me on Twitter and I will send you the templates to do this yourself if you're unsure what to write or what to say you can just say what all of us are saying what the, you know what i mean i can just send the templates to anybody that would like them because we we do need to push on this and i'm sorry i didn't bring it up before but it's only in the last few days that i've started doing this so because there's been such a huge request so yeah no that's a great idea and you're right i think that the uh the house resolution 934 has really presented us with um uh, an interesting opportunity because, again, as I mentioned earlier, if you would have told me even just two years ago that there would be a piece of bipartisan legislation in the House that mentioned Julian's name, let alone called for his release, I would have laughed at you. Um, it has been a very long, 
hard slog in the United States to get any any politicians, any elect. I mean, even candidates, even people who are not even elected yet to even say his name. Uh, for example, Bernie Sanders still to this day has not said his name since he has been uh, kidnapped from the Ecuadorian embassy. Not a one time, not a one time has the guy said his name out loud. Um, so uh, it's been a really difficult process to get to move that needle enough where it is now um, acceptable, right? That it's it's not that third rail issue um, where people are so afraid. Uh, he's, you know, like Voldemort, he who shall not be named. I think that that was kind of the attitude in Congress for a very long time. And we're, we've pushed past that. We've gotten through, we've broken through that wall um, and now having actual legislation. And I think that honestly, and maybe you'll agree with me, I think that honestly, um, one of the biggest things that moved the needle, and I actually talked to Gabriel about this when he was on recently, um, was the DC six, the six Absolutely. members of Australian parliament, um, having those people from Australia come to the United States. And again, those, it was six people from wildly different political ideologies from the Australian, uh, parliament. Um, uh, all of the, I mean, I think, um, I think it was Andrew Wilkie who said that this might be the only thing that we all agree on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which, but that's great. I think that that showed an example to American politicians, to American members of Congress that, um, uh, this is an issue where it's it's okay to sign on to a piece of legislation with somebody that you despise. It doesn't matter. Like this is so uh, bigger. It's so much bigger than that. And I think that that them coming here and having those meetings, I think, was a major game changer. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, if you look at who has signed the resolution so far, you have Ilhan Omar and Marjorie Taylor Greene who signed this. So <laughs> it's you know, and I find myself. I'm writing thank you letters to Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene of all people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> there is no, and, and it, and it's true for the people like, and, and I've known that for all the years being out here doing this, that people don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what their political ideology is. They're pretty clear about what their first amendment means. You know, yeah. there isn't a disagreement. It's, it's one of the few issues that, there's just no way to try to even make it a partisan issue. This is literally free press, free speech, you know? So I, I, I'm really, really hopeful about this. I just would like to see, you know, us press now, press now while we can, you know? Yeah. And, and, and if you don't know what to say, DM me, I'll send you the letters. I'll send you a phone script, anything that you anything that you need to make you feel more comfortable because now is the time where we need to be pressing and it's not yeah. enough for you to not just us be doing it. Talk to somebody you haven't talked to about it before. You know, your cousin, you, there are so many people, your cousins, your friends, your coworkers, your, you know, kids, friends, moms, things like that. Just literally talk to everybody because now I'm running into where people have heard about Julian. It's not like it used to be where you yeah. had to tell people who Julian Assange was. I've literally had, you know, people ask me, you know, have you heard what they're doing to this WikiLeaks guy? And it's like, have you been paying attention to my life for the last decade? <laughs> but it's kind of, do you know what I mean? Like it's coming yeah. from out. There's nothing better. Like I was, I was telling a friend this the other day, every now and then I'll be out putting up stickers and Tulsa or flyers or whatever. And I'll see a sticker for Julian that I didn't put there. And yeah. I get so excited because it means there's, there's somebody else that I don't even know that is yeah. also trying that's 
fighting. And so it's it's become so much bigger. So we've we've built so much momentum in the past year or so that it's and especially since the DC six coming. Like that was you know, Barnaby Joyce and but yeah, very, very different, very different, different group of people. And if you yeah. look at the signatories of 934, it's kind of the same thing. Like they're yes. just, you know, and for anybody that thinks, oh, right in the select subcommittee on the weaponization of federal government, is it going to do anything? Thomas Massey is on that subcommittee. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He has been vocal always about Julian. He's yeah. very staunch supporter. So we have a really good chance of of making that happen. And then we're we're looking at where no one can hide from it. They can't, the media will have to cover it. You know yeah. what I mean? So we are, this has been a marathon, not a sprint for sure. And for sure. So a, lot, a lot of people don't, you know, I mean, there are people that are around today that have only been around for a couple of years fighting and understanding what's going on. And, and, but there are some people, you know, that from eight years ago that you don't, you don't see around anymore. A lot of it's a, it's a very long fight, definitely a marathon, but we can see the finish line. I think I, I that's how I, I think feel so. Anyway, as an I mean, one way like, or the other, Halo, this thing's going to come to an end and I would like to see it in positively. I mean, I, as positively as it can, obviously the great can't give them those years that, back. No. And that's yeah. it, that that's what crushes me when I think about it, because he has been uh, uh, under some form of confinement for over a decade. And when I think about everything that I've done over the past decade, the things that I've experienced, the places that I've gone, the concerts I've been to, the movies I've I've seen the conversations I've had, the friends I've got to visit, my nephew's birthday parties, my own kids growing up. I mean, he's missing um, some of the most important uh, years of his children's lives. Um, And that just hurts me. It's so unjust and unfair and just sick what they're doing to him. Um, And it just, it makes me angry. It just, it genuinely, every time I think about it, I just get really angry. A couple, a couple weeks ago, Stella had posted a picture of the boys on Twitter and they're so precious and you're like, Oh my goodness, they're so big. And then it immediately just crushes you that he had, this is just so many kinds of wrong. There's just no, I mean, he's missing everything, everything, the things that we all take for granted all the time. Like every day it was something away on me. The, the idea that he can't, you know, participate in life in the lives of the people that love him. Um, you know, John Pilger's funeral, uh, Vivian yes. West was funeral. like, he's lost so many people um, and hasn't been able to attend their funerals. Just yeah. all of that. Like this is a human person. And, and it's important, I think, to focus on, this is about freedom of information, our right to know and our first amendment, but it's also about this man who had the, the, strength and courage to show us where our problems were to expose these secret crimes and say hey this is what's going on and for that he misses out on his entire life and and we can't he we can't give them him that time back but it would be really nice to see some of the war criminals finally you know 
brought to some sort of justice or at least brought in for questioning or an investigation of some sort. And certainly wouldn't that be nice. Can you imagine how much better the world would be if we celebrated and protected our truth tellers and actually penalized our war criminals? I mean, how much better would our lives be if the likes of Tony Blair and George W. Bush had to go through the kind of persecution that Julian is dealing with um, rather than it being the opposite. It's so frustrating to me that that's the, I mean, I think Stefania has talked about this a lot. Stefania Marizzi, uh, a Italian journalist who's been uh, working with WikiLeaks for a, a very long time. Um, but, you know, she talks about how it, 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 she doesn't want to live in a society where uh, like telling the truth is a crime and war criminals walk free. Like that's a horrific, the idea that we're just walking around and everybody's just okay with that being. Well, it's so system. gangster. It's like snitches it's get so stitches. Yeah. You know, like that's that's, that's what crazy. We're, we're setting up in our justice system is snitches get stitches. Like the person who exposed the crimes and told everybody what's going on, they're somehow demonized and, and right. vilified and put in prison. And you know, Joe Biden's you know eating ice cream. I, I oh don't, my god. <sighs> That's so gross. I talked about, no, I talked about this yesterday because it makes the, the video, the image of that, of him standing in a stupid ice cream store talking about and lying about a potential ceasefire because he knows he's about to get, uh, 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 walloped, not walloped because it was only 101,000 people. But I mean, the idea that 101,000 people voted uncommitted because of his disgusting, um, uh, facilitation of a genocide and him standing there eating ice cream as literally children are starving to death a two no it was a seven day old baby i think died um of starvation and a two-month-old baby there's um, it, people are just dropping dead like crazy uh in gaza of starvation and he's just sitting there eating some ice cream lying about a a, a ceasefire uh it's just so disgusting and cynical and um i mean but that's par for the course that's that's what's so frustrating is that i feel like we have allowed ourselves to just um be beaten down to the point where we're willing to just accept that this is the best that we can do and it's certainly not the best that we can do um and i'm sorry it it, snitches get stitches like that might work for street life but that's not like how a civilized society should function and if you are these are this, this is not like you know, they're going and robbing the corner store. These are literal war crimes. This is the facilitation of murder on a grand scale. They, they, they've killed, I mean, total up the entirety of the um, uh, number of people killed by every single serial killer that has ever existed. And it doesn't even make a dent in like just Joe Biden's kill, kill count. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, these are some of the most vile, repugnant creatures on planet Earth. And they're walking around free while the guy who exposed them uh, is uh, you know wasting away in a high security prison. It's just mind blowing to me that that's well, and, you, and everybody's just cool with it. We're just walking around well, like that's okay. You no. take into when you when you think about the fact that that they thought that what this was a good time for a photo op of right? you know dementia Joe with eating ice, ice cream. cream. Like what self respecting oh. journalist is covering? I, it's so embarrassing. It's so yes. embarrassing. Like, yeah, not not even just as our country, but on a human level of what are we doing? Right. Like, it, you know, I mean, you can't even speak to it. It's just such nonsense that it's 
I, I sometimes I feel like I'm just in bizarre taking world. crazy pills. Like, yes, yeah. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like I, I legitimately feel like I'm losing my mind watching all of this stuff happen around us. And again, everybody's just going about their day. Like just, yeah. and, and I am too. Like to be fair, I'm going to the gym. I'm picking my kids up from school. I'm doing the things. Um, but it's it's just it's nuts to me that we are accepting of this the way that things are structured. Yeah. It's disgusting to me that we're willing to accept Daniel Hale going to prison for exposing the drone program that kills 90% civilians instead of Barack Obama who killed 90% civilians with his insane drone program or Donald Trump who used more drones than Obama did. I mean, it is nuts to me that that's where we're at right now. And that, that, that these amazing courageous people who had the courage to stand up against the world's largest empire and speak the truth about these war crimes um, are being penalized and everybody's just fine with that. It's just, it, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Halo. Okay. Listen, unfortunately we're out of time. Um, uh, but everybody, please again, go to at Halo Benson on Twitter. Uh, it's the pen tweet. That's the GoFundMe. If you have anything that you can contribute to stamps and uh, shipping and printing costs and all of that good stuff, uh, please go make a contribution so that she can get these boxes out to as many people as humanly possible. But again, if you don't want to wait for a box and you want to get active right now, please do uh, just DM Halo. She'll send you the template or the phone script or whatever you want. You can also contact me. I'd be happy to help you in whatever way I can. Um, if you want to organize an event, if you want to whatever, we're always happy to help. Um, so please just reach out. Don't be shy. We need as many people as humanly possible. Halo, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you as always. And thank you for everything that you do and all of your hard work over the years. It is invaluable and we love you for it. Um, okay, thank I'll be back tomorrow uh, with another show for you. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now. And don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea's right after this here on TNT.